Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Journey to Grateful podcast, designed to help clarify the process of loss and grief through shared experiences from myself and others living through loss. Consider this podcast your resource for strength while navigating your grief. I'm your host, Tim Begonia, and this is show number 95. I will contrast and compare common myths and realities of grief while sharing my experiences through this podcast, my blog, and on social media. Together, you and I will build a community resource to help society better understand grief, how it affects us as we attempt to move forward, and how best to navigate our grief journey. I invite you to join the community on Facebook and Instagram, subscribe to the podcast, and find links to do both over at journeytograteful.com. And please consider rating and reviewing the show on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Sharing your experience with the show can help to deliver the podcast to many people in need of an insightful grief resource. As you grieve, your support system of family and friends has helped you navigate your loss. And in the same manner, so will this podcast and our stories. Now, today's episode was inspired by a letter shared with me by a very good friend, leadership coach, and fellow podcaster, Angie Robinson. Angie joined me in episode number 30, where we discussed personality types, support, and choosing a word for the year. In that episode, we focused on providing insights to help us understand ourselves as well as others. It helped identify why some friends may shy away from those hard subjects, while others dive in and have always been there by your side as you navigate your grief. Now, we even helped to identify key traits to find within yourself that can offer up a better understanding of how you feel, interact, process thoughts and emotions, and more as it may pertain to grief. Angie shared a letter from her friend with me recently, Steve, and as I read it, I appreciated the stripped-down honesty of it, but more importantly, the various realities of grief that were revealed within the letter. I saw several valuable insights which I feel are important enough to share right here, and thanks to Steve for his willingness to allow me to present it to you, I'm going to dive into the show. As I said in the introduction, I'd like to share with you portions of a letter recently written by Steve, a grieving father who lost his adult son, Sam, just three months ago. Now, for those of you who have lost someone special, especially if that loss was sudden, I'm certain you will recognize some very important aspects of early grief within Steve's letter. Now, some of which may come as a surprise to a few, those unique details and perspectives not often considered when you enter grief. This is the exact reason I'm sharing with you his viewpoint. The following excerpt from his letter speaks for itself, so here it is. Tomorrow will be three months since Sam died. This is still so very hard to write. Next weekend, we will be moving everything out of his apartment. Now, some may wonder why it's taken so long. It's because after losing him all at once three months ago, it is so desperately difficult to take those steps that will result in continuing to lose him bit by bit. 
During the week after he died, I was downloading photos of him for his aunt. I can still remember feeling the panic when I realized the next photo, or the one after, might have been the last one I took. Sometime soon I will have to sell Sam's truck, something I've been avoiding, and I'll discontinue his cell phone, which I've also been avoiding. It has nothing to do with thinking he will still be with us for as long as I put these things off. It's just that it's so hard to lose him again and again in all these little ways. Now, Steve's honesty and insight, whether he realizes he's being insightful or not, is quite an enlightening inside look into grief. It shines a light on why I constantly talk about how complicated grief actually is in so many of my episodes for this podcast. Steve also states how difficult it is to take steps to clean out Sam's apartment because it's as though he's losing him bit by bit all over again. He also says it's so hard to lose him again and again in all these little ways. Now, this is a common occurrence in grief. However, it's not something people will prepare themselves for because they either just don't realize how the smallest thing can make you feel like you are losing your loved one again or simply want to ignore that particular reality for as long as they possibly can. An additional aspect of grief which Steve stumbles upon is when he is charged with gathering photos the week after the loss of his son. I believe we can all agree when we face this specific challenge, it's something we prepare ourselves for because we can kind of anticipate it. We should know that going through photos will certainly be tough, but usually we, as humans going through tragedy, we inherently protect ourselves while we do so. So we don't usually allow ourselves to go as far as to be consciously aware of the possibility that this photo or that photo just may be the last we had ever taken of our loved one. Now, this fact hits pretty hard, and honestly, it's not something I had ever allowed myself to face until I read Steve's letter. And when I did, it hit me. And it makes me wonder, what photo was the last one I took of Colleen? Now, if you know me, you know I take a lot of photos. I often have been known to tell a complaining family member, Come on! Smile! We're making memories! So I am associated with taking a lot of photos. Yes. And I mean a lot. Now, to Put it into perspective as to what I'm referring to. My iPhone Recents photo album, as of this moment, contains 45,106 photos. No lie. Of course, there's probably 15% of them that are photos of products in stores or pieces of paper, but that's a lot of photos. So back to the idea of the last photo. Somehow... It seems so final, because it is. But there's something about actually thinking about it, being aware of it, that makes it worse. Does that even make sense? It's obvious. I mean, there has to be a last photo, right? So why does realizing it make it worse than it being there the whole time? Because it was. 
I think the only answer I have is because it just does. And let me suggest that we might want to try to embrace it and begin to allow ourselves to cherish that last photo, not letting it to become a hidden gem, and certainly not ignoring in any way the rest of the photos. I personally love that I have so many photos because for me, they take me back. They help me to remember a moment in time, an event, a detail, so much of what my life has been. It was an amazing 17 years with Colleen, and and I value the ability to look back on that, all the photo memories where I choose to smile again. I will cherish not only the last photo, but the 34th, the 1200th, and the very first photo. Which, by the way, I have of Colleen and I. And if you could see my hair, well, you won't, so we'll move on. Now, I'd like to shift just a bit. I'd like to touch on another overwhelming feeling that grievers have. The thought that you will not be able to get through this at all. The initial loss, the weeks and months ahead, the massive changes and waking every day realizing This is your new reality. In my monthly bereavement group, I've heard more than once from new members asking if it will ever get better. And in all honesty, I believe the question here is actually the wrong question to ask. Instead, it should be, will I ever get used to this loss? And even that isn't the perfect question, but the answer gets you closer to what reality will be months and years down the road. You will get used to it, bit by bit, but it will not get better. Because we all know better would be defined as our loved one being back with us. Short of that, we must find ways to take steps forward, finding days where we are not wiping tears, and finally finding someday, for instance, getting through your special song without breaking down. It doesn't need to happen overnight, nor must it happen on a specific date past your loss. Here's the reality of it all. Living with loss will definitely be one of the most challenging things you have to deal with on a daily basis, forever. But it's not impossible, and it's not easy as well. So my best advice is to give yourself grace when a tough moment happens. That's okay. Sometimes we need that. We need the tears, the sadness, the feeling bad for myself moments. Because being strong 24-7, well, let's face it, it's exhausting. Grasp that last photo and a box of tissues. Sit with your grief when you need to. Fill yourself with a love that has no place to go and feel it when you can. Now you've been through something, a terrible something, and if there's anyone in your life that can't understand that, don't don't push them aside. Help them to understand and be honest with them. But also, do not make them your new project. Their lack of understanding grief is on them. It is not your responsibility to make sure they get it. Instead, I would suggest that you surround yourself with people who do get it. 
whenever you possibly can. And let me tell you, you will be amazed and comforted by how different you are when you find someone to talk to who has lived what you are currently navigating. Another common comment by my bereavement group, again, especially from newer members, is everyone's relief that these people in this room just understand. I will emphasize this point once again. You do not realize how important it is to have others understand what you are dealing with until you find yourself alone with grief, feeling no one understands. Well, as Steve said when closing out his letter, we know we'll make it, with God's help and yours. It's just that all the goodbyes are such heavy weights to bear. Well, Steve's powerful words are worth repeating here. We'll make it, with God's help and yours. His reference here is priceless friends and family, and the importance of a support system. You need not bear them alone. You should not try. No one should. For everyone listening who is navigating your journey with grief, remember Steve's honesty and insight in the name of his son Sam and for yourself as you move forward. All the goodbyes are such heavy weights to bear. Thank you once again, my friends, for listening to the Journey to Grateful podcast. I am thankful for you being here and taking the time to listen and sharing this show with others. I encourage you to stop by the community on social media, share your own story and insights on grief, and join our family in helping others on their path. Head over to journeytograteful.com community to find ways to join the conversation and make a difference through your very own story. While you're on the site, sign up for my bi-monthly newsletter designed to provide you inspiration and motivation. And if you would like a more personal connection, I invite you to connect with me via email at tim at journeytograteful.com. But let's not stop there. Please feel free to give me a call, leave me a voicemail, or simply text me a message anytime. The number is 262-298-2428. That's 262-298-CHAT. And lastly, help me build this community, broaden my reach, and support my mission by reviewing this show and telling others why you listen over at Apple Podcasts. I provided for you a leave a review button at journeytograteful.com on the homepage and on the podcast page. Your support of this podcast through your comments is a powerful thing that you can do today. And I very much thank you. Today, I would like to share with you a poem written by Liz Newman, whom I've quoted before and simply feel her poems speak volumes. Now, although this poem doesn't have a title that I'm aware of, I would like to title it Say Their Name. And I believe it's appropriate today because of a behind-the-scenes message which came to me from Steve when I asked his permission to share excerpts of his letter. I had originally chosen to be respectful of his privacy and was only going to reference the loss of his son, not referring to his name. His message back to me was filled with appreciation for sharing his letter. However, 
his one request was to use Sam's name. That request speaks to my heart very deeply. As many of you may have heard me in several episodes saying just that, speak their name. It's okay, I need you to. So now, I'd like to share with you a poignant poem, Say Their Name, by Liz Newman. I want to say their name. I want to soak in the memories. I want to remember. I want to be reminded. So when you are around me, please don't be scared. To say their name, to share a memory, to remember, to be reminded. Thank you again, my friends, for joining me today. Let me know your thoughts on today's episode or any previous episodes. I would love to hear from you. And for those who are walking on their path with grief, I hope you find a way to walk confidently on your journey to grateful. Bye-bye.